grandma said, yeah, show I, me your friends and your character. Yeah, I thought that was a really, um, just like growing up and, and you know reflecting on that, I thought it was uh, it hit it hit home for me because um, it was somebody yeah. um, that was based on external um, external people or external happenings that wasn't mine. So I, I was like, mm-hmm. wow! It, I thought it was profound because um, I like you were saying, like you know you had, like hanging out with people and stuff. You hadn't realized you know your character was kind of reshaping itself um, with you know the likes of the people you're around. So for me, that, that yeah. reflection was, um, was, you know, again, similar to yours, but um, understanding that other thing externally could impact me internally um, in the long run. Yeah. It's not necessarily helpful or um, good for the, the well-being. Um, yeah. So I've always, even when I was a kid, I've always tried to curate um, my friend circle, mainly because of, Either I was doing something crazy and I needed, you know, friends that, you know, were, were going to be <laughs> friends. <laughs> or, <you know. laughs> so, yeah, I always had a reason <laughs> to, to be around real ones. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yes. I know. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Do you actually feel like, like what age do you remember your grandma first saying that? Because for you to have that self-awareness as a child would, yeah, is huge. Because yeah. I feel like most of sleepwalk through life. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, I don't necessarily remember, but I remember I, I was with my grandmother from the age of uh, four and a half or five to about, I think, 11 or so. So probably I want to say we have moved to um, a new place um, where I really started to grow up and understand life. Um, and I was about seven or eight. So I would say between the age of eight to 11, uh, between there. Okay. Um, but my grandmother, yeah. um, I always talk about her. She was, um, as she was one of the, the first person that had a, a boss type um, effect on my life, just in terms of, uh, you know, just, just, um, having her own things that was external from, uh, you know, government-related jobs or whatever. Um, she was an administrator mm-hmm. for a school. And so I thought that was cool because she was the one writing the checks and stuff for the principal and all of that. Because uh, as a kid, I thought, you know, going to school, I thought the principal was at the top. So knowing the person yeah. that was above the principal was, was such a cool thing. And um, yeah. she, she also had, like, properties and things. So uh, as a kid... We'll, she'll make her monthly arounds um, in the city and things like that, and I would be with her. And I just, I just uh, remember just how, um, just how they treated her with respect, and, and also how they treated me because of her. And um, and so, yeah. up, I, I, I guess at, at a at a young age, I've always knew to an extent um, that there was a different uh, setup in terms of work and and living, other than what is given to you. Um, wow. But yeah, yeah. Um, so she really did, um, you know, like she was someone that you actually aspired to be like and become because she showed you a different, yeah, like a different trajectory almost. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. She, yeah, that's and, awesome. Uh, and in terms of um, the reason why I feel like it's, it's such a, for me, it's such an impactful story is because, um, you know, she's a female and people don't realize. Um, a lot of there's a lot of odds being a female 
trying to navigate, you know, a man's world and, and, okay. and, and yeah. you know, like my grandmother is from back in the day and she's been, she, she had a bar and had all that stuff when she was younger. And it's like, it's crazy. So like for me, understanding her, not necessarily understanding how it all came together, but just understanding again, the logistical things um, that I could take and apply to my journey. Um, that was what I, I took from it the most, but she, she's always someone that was, um, uh, to sum up in one word, I would say she thought she taught me to be independent, um, and and that is something wow. that really stuck with me. Yeah. Do you feel like um, also something else I took away from one of your earlier episodes was like, don't wait for permission. Do you feel like your grandma taught you that as well? Uh, it's probably taught me the opposite. Um, oh. So yeah. Permission. <laughs> to ask for permission. Um, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, my grandmother, I, I never realized, but when I was younger, she was kind of shaping me up to be a gentleman. Um, but, you know, as a kid, you never realize that. Um, but mm -hmm. for me, the, reason, the reason why I say, like, don't, you know, ask permission is because a lot of permission, and even, like, to go back to what I was telling you that I just recently painted my studio wall, I was like, I woke up one morning, I was like, should I, like, actually the night before, I was like, I should probably, like, text the landlord and, like, I'm hanging the wall and whatever. And, <laughs> and then I was like, it's just paint. And so I woke up in the morning, I painted the wall. I was like, if it comes down to it, you know, I'll just get the paint spec and repaint it. Um, but, you know, so far, so good. Um, uh, I love that. No, no, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that's normally how, like, if I'm, if I'm in a, if I'm thinking about something too much, I'm like, all right, just do it. Um, or if I'm mm -hmm. thinking about it, like, too much where it's bringing up, like, anxiety and other stuff, um, I'm like, all right, probably let's not do it, like, at all. So for me, it's just one or the other. Um, either I feel the fear and I'm all in, or I feel the fear and I'm all out. Uh, but either way, it's a good, yeah. it's a good lesson because I learned from it. It's either I made the right or wrong decision. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, just, again, to sum up, just being around my grandmother and, and how she went about life and, and all the things she did. And um, that, for me, was, was it, I guess, in, in inspirational, you could say. But for me, it just taught me about the dynamics of life and how you could kind of position yourself um, in a more strategic and in a different way and offer people different things than what uh, wow. society is offering them. Um, I like how you said positioning yourself because I think for a lot of my life um, and maybe for a lot of other people too, it's like we have this passive way of thinking yeah. of letting, letting things come to us and letting, you know, life happen to you. But it's like, as I was saying before, you know, like we sleepwalk through life and it's like what um, you've mentioned as well, like reflection a lot um, in our chat and, the yeah that changed my life honestly there was this quote in my um because I work at a school and my principal um she has this quote in her room in her office that says we don't learn from reflection we learn by reflecting oh we don't learn from experience sorry that was such a build-up and then <laughs> I ruined it <laughs> we don't learn from experience we learn by reflecting on experience and I remember looking at that being like what does that even mean and it and I started to reflect and thought yeah you know who's the um 
common denominator in all the problems I keep ending up in and the situations I keep ending up in. It's me. And (laughs) (laughs) if we don't that's that's such such a powerful realization uh, to have. Yeah. If we don't face our, um, you know, our brokenness and, you know, and whatever traumas we might have and um, our deepest fears and they call it like your um, intolerable emotion that we avoid. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's a different word for it, but it's like, yeah, until we do that, we're just sleepwalking and, yeah. and blaming other people. And um, we're not, we're positioning ourselves for failure every time because we're letting ourselves down. We're not, um, you know, we're not willing to do the, to, to do the work and to say, Hey, what do you need right now? We're waiting for everyone else to fulfill those needs. Yeah. I heard something similar along the lines of um, 80% of the people would rather, 80% of the people do not think, and the remaining 20% would rather someone else do the thinking for them. And I feel like that kind of is similar to what you're saying with, you know, people being like walking zombies, basically. but mm-hmm. your current read, um, even the title alone, I was like, hmm, I might actually add this and, and add it to my reading list. Um, the body keeps the score. Um, mm-hmm. Are you still reading that or is that is that done with? Yeah, yep. I'm on, I think, chapter 14 or 15. I haven't read it properly in a bit. Um, yeah, currently I, I, on, I just thought it was yeah. such, such a great, um, just from the title alone. I was curious as yeah. to what are some of the lessons um, you've been able to pull away from it so far. Yeah, well, I guess to sum it up, it yeah, the title "The Body Keeps the Score" um, is that our body doesn't forget what happens to us, and until we deal with it, and again, the you know the tension and release until we deal with um, the pain and the hurt that's happened to us, especially you know, in our childhood, then we will, we will carry it with us into everything, into every relationship. And, um, it all started when, so I get like a supervision counseling session once a term, um, for my job, which is incredible and life-changing literally every time. But I remember just saying to my, um, counselor or therapist, as you guys might call them, um, just telling her that this weird interaction happened with this, um, male. Um, and I went, I was like, and I just shut it after telling her, I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was just weird. And she said to me, you, your body has been holding on to that. And until now, like, and it had been maybe two months. She's like, your body has released that tension that it wasn't allowed to because you froze in that moment. Wow. And I, I wasn't even like thinking of coming to her with that story in the, you know, like it just yeah came about, you know, as you do in um, counseling sessions. But that for me just started this whole, you know, just opened up this whole thing of how connected our bodies are yeah. to, our, to our emotions you know, and again, that 
the nervous system, um, the ventral vagal nervous system. And yeah, just even like chronic, chronic illness is often caused by those traumas that we've buried deep down or we don't even realize is there. And our body is still like, it's, it has changed our, you know, not our DNA, but uh, yeah, it's, it's holding it. And it's just like, you know, when people have bitterness and unforgiveness, it's like proven that they, their body starts to break down. Yeah. Cause you're holding on to it. Um, so you need that release of forgiveness and, um, or, you know, whether it's, you know, movement, um, or something like that, but it needs to move out of your body and you need to complete that action. And it's, it's honestly just incredible how we're created and how it's like, Oh, it's just insane. You know, how yeah. like with some, if something comes close to our eye, we blink or immediately move away. You know, it's just right. We just know things, our body knows things, you know, that are before our brain does sometimes. Right, right. Um, and, and some of that can be described as, you know, intuition or, or other things. But um, to you, mm. to what you're saying, um, and even with that, I feel like a lot of people don't pay attention to intuition and their internal feelings and even yeah. that, that, that voice or consciousness in your head, yeah. uh, mainly because, again, of the societal programming to want to rely heavily on um, external solutions, Um, which, which if you think about it, it's really, it really is a, a a funny thing because um, you, you have a a question in your head that um, you can only really relate to other people through perspectives and knowing that everyone only have a unique perspective, like you and I could be standing in the exact same position, Mark, with an X, and you could paint a picture that's very different than mine, or we could stand next to each other and look at the same thing, but, um, you know, hone in and, and focus in on one particular object. Um, yeah. And, and so I feel like a lot of people don't really um, take advantage. Um, of, uh, I guess just like the uniqueness of their own story and um, just yeah. focus too much on external a solution uh, which necessarily yeah. again is not going to work for everyone but you can you know take away tricks and other things um, from other people journey and, and things that uh, could help you out um, yeah I think it's exactly what yeah we were saying before as well the self-reflection because um, if you don't understand yourself and and what sets you off or what makes you come alive, then yeah. you'll always be frustrated at others because you're living with a stranger, essentially, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. That yeah. Was- and yeah, go ahead. So, um, what you said about the ex, I tell the kids at school, um, you know, when they're like, no, oh, he said this, she said this. And, <laughs> um, you know, I say, look, if I drew a number nine or a number six right. either way um on the floor and you were standing there let's just say i drew a nine i'd say right. you'd say that's a six and i'd say no it's a nine but right. we're both right exactly. the point yeah the point isn't about being right it's about understanding as you said each other's perspectives um because we all have our own lived experiences and, and lenses that we that we look at life through 
Yeah, and, and at times those can be clouded based on past experience or just emotional state in the current moment. Oh, so true. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's yeah, the amount of time. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, the amount of times I've, you know, thought someone was trying to hurt me or you know, thought something was against me, but it was like, no, actually that was, that's just triggering another time that I felt that, but it's not the truth right now. Yeah. Um, but until you deal with that, it's always going to be, um, you know, the pain that you see through. Definitely. Um, and you know, that's why I feel like even with the podcast, I wanted to, um, have a discussion necessarily that is a, that's rather a wholesome discussion because um, I feel like art and creatives um, is it tend to be mostly within the art part of it and for me I look at creatives as um, like uh, sacred people in the sense that if you look at the order of life and just like the important things and, and the different arts that are available and how they affect us in different ways, the music, arts, paintings, dancing, and all of that. Um, like you were saying with singing, and you know, those are different things that are connected to the body um, that allows um, a person to feel a certain way or brings out a certain emotion or allow them to connect with certain things. And I've always put mm -hmm. music, music and art at the top uh, because I feel like uh, music based on, you know, uh, actually, you know, the sounds and things, especially with the beat, came about based on the, the, the beat of your heart. Um, and mm -hmm. that's why I listen to ragged music because a lot of the beat in ragged music is based on the internal um, organs in, in the human body. And you know, like the, the sound and rhythm and things that it makes. Um, and so when you listen to ragged music, um, there's a um, continuous beat that carries over regardless of the song and the artist. And it's, it's the heartbeat, yeah. and um, mm -hmm. it's the do, do, do. and it's and it's literally and it's there for that purpose. And if you're if you're a ragged musician, that is something you don't mess around with, which I thought was really profound because, as a kid, I remember listening and I'm like, oh, these songs sound so similar. Uh, and then, yeah. and, then, and then, you know, growing up and learning more, I'm like, ah, oh, that's why this is intentionally done like that. Um, yeah. But yeah. um, in terms of the podcast, yeah. yeah, dumb, naked, and broke, and you know another another way to understand I'm not dumb, I'm not naked, I'm not broke, um, and you know dumb meaning um, dumb, naked, and broke meaning you're young, inexperienced, and ignorant. Um, so looking at it from that lens again, a matter of perspectives, um, you you could then begin to put practices into place um, that could help you overcome certain things because um, when you're young. Um, it's not necessarily you're dumb. It's just you know you you don't have this, those answers. I remember um, this was like high school into college, waking up at like five thirty to go running and like six in the morning. Like one of the worst things anyone could tell me is to go and run. So for me to wake myself up to go and run, that was like insanity. Um, so I used to listen to uh, yeah, don't itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to actually reflecting on my whole like sports career. I'm like, damn, dude, you wasn't putting in that much work. You should have, you should have, <laughs> like, it wasn't for you. 
Yeah, an athlete's life is... Is as oh, crazy. it is. It, wow. it looks not the words not bland, but it's honestly. I think what we were saying as well before. It's repetition. Yeah, it works repetition. for the people. It works for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is repetition and being uh, particular. Um, you you got to be really particular, even if if you're doing the same drill over and over. You gotta you gotta approach it as the first song regardless of how you feel, energy level, and all of that. So all of that, you know, in the long run, helped me with, you know, building this kind of character to be a designer. Um, but going back to the podcast, um, young, meaning, you know, you can't, I, I was listening to, um, I used to run in the morning, and I listened to Eric, uh, Eric Thomas, who's a motivational speaker. And he said something once, mm-hmm. and he said, um, he was like, I guess he was speaking on like a, like a, a, the process and patience and journey and getting to everything. But he said, you can't be 21 in 19 years. And that really stuck with me as a kid. And I was like, wow, you know, just like all this work and things I'm trying to have happen. You know, time is a key factor in all of this time and patience. You know, it's like <laughs> you know, it goes hand in hand, like your legs and your arms when you're walking, you know. Yeah, it just follows suit. So as a person, I had to understand, regardless of how much I wanted certain things to happen in the moment, how much or how bad I wanted to have certain things in my life, and how, you know, relentless effort that I went after it at, it wasn't going to happen if the time wasn't, you know, wasn't perfect. So that understanding for me was so huge, because how I approach things wasn't so much of um, trying to get approach things and then get to the end result it was mostly approach um, things and then figure out um, is this worth my time is it worth the investment but then also when I'm working on it understanding that the creation process from start to beginning is not it's not like you know it's not going to be like the previous one that I work on even though you know yeah. I, I have the styles and all the all the things that you know, yeah. oh, I could draw. I could draw this letter A and have it be fancy. It has to speak in its own in its own light. It has to speak in its own right. And so for me, a lot of that came with you know understanding patience and understanding the process of what I was doing. And so yeah. with the podcast, I feel like a lot of creatives tend to want to rush that process. And so with the podcast is an attempt to help people. Um, not only appreciate what you're doing in the moment, but also um, uh, put into play patience as well. And um, and also not just like believing what you're doing and, and go after it in a sense, but understand that everything happens in due time. And, and as an artist, you, you are, I, I look at artists and creatives as, um, I think I probably already said it, like divine beings, where we, we have these uh, universal, um, uh, you, I guess, cosmic-like powers in in a sense, um, where you know, just through, through our our you know, eternal questions and things that we we ask, because like you're saying, is a, is a repetition thing. Because um, if you yeah. wake up and you're you're mentally asking all these questions, that's like someone going to the gym every day, um, and you know, yeah. over time, your brain is gonna break down these barriers, and you're gonna think sharp, sharply, and, and process things a lot faster than the average person. So as a creative, um, you're relying on perspective, experiences, and all that stuff. Um, But most importantly, you're taking all the 
about a past and trying to project a future. And, and so that's where like yeah. cosmic light relationship come into play because the future is not something that's there until it's there. And when it's there, it's not the future anymore. It's the now or the past. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I feel like, you know, with creators, we have that ability and we have that power to, you know, connect and help people understand that journey. Last, but also going back to our, how we started the conversation with creatives, it's important to have a source of, um, of things that, you know, replenish and, and keep you focused and keep you locked in or, or give you a reminder to take a break or go for a walk or listen to music. And so that was, that was the background um, approach to the podcast to help yeah. enlighten other people through just conversation and our, you know, personal stories. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that that's shown in your podcast style because it is, yeah, like we're just, you know, fleshing things out. Um, Cause I, I emailed you and I was like, do you have any questions? What do I need to prepare? And it's so true. We have to just sometimes let go of our attachment yeah. to the outcome because I don't, yeah, I'd love to understand why we're so fixated on, you know, I mean, maybe it's um, partly, you know, how we're brought up in school. Like you've got to get this certain outcome sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, it's also what you said, like, you know, being divine, it's, I love this quote that says like art is born when the temporary touches the eternal. And yeah, we, you know, we are like, we are divine. We are created to create. And, and it's what, you know, it's when you're creating that, that most people would come alive, you know, it's like making something out of nothing. Yeah. Um, which, and which bringing is, that. It's light, which yeah. is like just um, in terms of looking yeah. at really simplify on either piece of paper or you're, you're working in procreate like everyone else but that's the, pr the process of life is you know taking anything and transforming it or you know they, it, on surface level they can look as if nothing is there and then the next day you see a you see a sunflower you see something else in that exact spot uh, and you know it's just it, that's that's the process of life it's yeah. a lot happens below the surface Yes, that's so good below the surface. And but, yeah, like for you, you know, by the end of the week, what's gonna, you know, right now is a blank wall is gonna have your <laughs> art on it. Yeah, so it's that, just uh, it's incredible. Yeah, we are. So the wall we're painting, I'm, I'm working with this. Uh, it's like a business, but it's residential building, and I'm doing wayfinding and signage directory for them, and and then we we. Um, like the like the uh, courtyards and the you know outside of the buildings the signages are getting hand painted but um this next phase we're on we're doing this mural that i want to say probably about um probably i want to say like a regular house height like 10 10 feet tall to okay. it's, it's a it's a hallway that has you know businesses doors on on right and left side and over a hundred feet long in terms of the hallway. So, um, so it's going to be a fun week, um, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but in terms of uh, you asking me about prepping for the podcast and questions and whatnots, my personal style is all about being free and being yourself. But most importantly, I'm huge on comfort, um, regardless of the setting 
I feel like when people are comfortable and and they can really express how to feel, they can really express. And, and like you were saying with that, a story of um, the incident with uh, one particular male that you was chatting with your counselor about. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so different. It's so different. But yeah. it's, um, just like, you know, in your body, your body hanging on to that without your knowledge. Um, and, you know, yeah. it's, it's the same way. Yeah. And again, your body knows before you do sometimes consciously consciously because your heart starts racing, your eyes start darting. Mm. Right. You, you start, you know, you might glaze over or you might, um, you know, make yourself small or, you know, if you go into fight mode for some people and then you're like suddenly punching something and you're like, Oh, oh my gosh, what, like <laughs> what just happened? You know, and It's like your body's memorized this feeling and they're like, Oh, I know what to do. But you know, if it if it keeps getting into trouble, you should probably check in on it. <laughs> yeah, maybe one too one too many punches to the face. <laughs> it's time for you to ask a question <laughs> or two. <laughs> um, but I I got a question for you actually. Um, this one um, has proven to be a little tougher for for everyone. Okay. So. I love a tough question. Great, great. Um, never, never hear music again or listen or lose your ability to read. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I think, okay, it would be lose the ability to read because then wow. I could you, just you listen to like audio. Minutes, you receive reading. Pardon? What was that? Because I could, because I could just listen to audiobooks, and <laughs> there's these cool things I've seen these kids at school use, and they're like these electronic pens, and you run them over the uh, page. Right, right, right. So we're in 2021. If you had asked <laughs> me, maybe in 20, in 2000, uh, it would have been uh, a harder question. <laughs> Modern problems require modern solutions, I guess. <laughs> that is true. Um, but mu music is life, so that's also true. Um, but imagine, yeah, imagine, yeah, you know, I'm, you, you, I'm having a connection problem at the moment. Uh, can you hear me okay? Oh, no, I can hear you. Yeah. All right, perfect. Um, imagine you no longer have to work. How would you, okay. how would your typical day be like? Oh, do you know what? I was just saying to my sister yesterday, um, I love, I actually love working. Oh. And I think sometimes <laughs> the reason why I curl up in bed is when, is when I don't have as much work on. And mm -hmm. I, I think I can tend to attach my worth to productivity. Um, so, so the question was, if I didn't have work, what would I do? Yeah, imagine you no longer have to work. Oh, okay. How would a typical day be like? Oh, I'd go to the beach. Like all day? I would go to the beach. Sorry? All day? Not like all day. Um, I'd probably go, like, early morning, um, yeah. have a swim, read 
nap, have a good lunch or brekkie somewhere. Um, and then probably, you know, either catch up, catch up with friends or paint. That's normally what I do. Like if I have a day off, just paint for fun sort of thing. Um, but I'd probably also still like want to go in to work. <laughs> you got to get that 10 second sketch out the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not work. That's, you know, that's the practice. Yeah. Not work. Wow. Um, well, in terms of work, what's your uh, definition of work? When you say work, are you speaking about your job or are you speaking about painting or lettering? Yeah, okay, so when I'm speaking about work, I'm speaking about something that someone else has, like, commissioned me to do, it. whether it is working at the school or teaching piano, or it's it's not taking orders from someone, but it's being, I guess, responsible for someone other than myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think because I really value um community and but also it is a lack of um I guess self-mastery I'm realizing as well like you know that like who are you when you know no one is who are you making you do something something like that yeah and it's like wow um yeah I I want to be the same in and out of season like um whether no one's looking or everyone's looking, um, you know, I want to show up and, and I think that comes also, you know, like from having a, I guess, history of self betrayal and it's learning to keep those promises to yourself. Self, self betrayal. Yeah. What, what, what is that? That sounds very, like it sounds like this. Um, it's sort of what we would, it's what we were speaking about a little bit, um, before about how, you know, like not listening to your, the gut feelings we've been given or our intuition. And we often shut it down because of, um, you know, we're afraid that that of what other people think or, or we've been sort of conditioned to not listen to it. Um, but you know, it's like when you know, you know, like we've been given a feeling and our intuition for a reason. Um, and so when you, when you keep shutting that down, you're, you're literally saying to yourself, no, you're lying. That's not true. Or I don't value you, you enough to, um, to trust what you're saying. I, I trust what the other people know what's best right now. Right. Which, which is, you know, like you're saying is the, is the school, um, like the schooling setup where you're relying on, either your teachers or, and then you progress to the work environment and you're relying on supervisors and managers um, to give you directives. And, and in terms of, if you have a side hobby or a side hustle or, or you know, even freelancing, it can, it can be hard because then you don't have that uh, person that's like, you need to do X, Y, and Z in the moment. Um, and that is always yeah. kind of hard. Um, yeah, yeah, so like self, self-discipline. Um, yeah. And, you know. Man, man, but I think we do, and we know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're. I think, I think for me, I've learned to be, yeah, like led forth, 
in peace um, because I've learned how horrible it is to betray your heart over and over. It's just so gross and there's like, it's just not worth it. It is so, it's just not worth being at war with yourself. What was that? I literally was doing that. There <laughs> <laughs> like, was that yucky feeling. Let go of it. Let go of it. Why not? Um, but what's the yeah. what's the the opposite of that? When you do tap in and do listen to your intuition and do listen to your gut feeling, um, what 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 comes out of that? Do you do you feel better off, or do you feel um, like a, I don't know, like a better person? Do you feel like a better designer? Do you, do you think you're better off as a creative or better off as an individual as a whole? Oh, a hundred percent. I think when your conscience is clear, you know, um, your imagination can go wild, mm -hmm. but when you're riddled with guilt and, um, shame, there's no room to explore a different reality. You're just, you're trapped, right. you know? Um, but when you, you are free and your conscience is clear and you know that, um, it's like, you know, you've done what, um, what is best according to you and not like, obviously I think there's always that, you know, tension of you've got, you know, wise counsel for sure. But there's sometimes where it's like, actually, I I really feel like this is, I can't put my finger on it. Um, and it's learning to trust that it's honestly yeah. just, it's learning and not questioning it too much. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think the opposite of that is, is a clear conscience and from a clear conscience flows that um, imagination and um, new ideas and, a new perspective, which is where, you know, new um, creativity can flow from. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, with creativity, it's hard to, like I was saying, you know, um, each project is different and it's hard to pinpoint a start of, you know, oh, this is where it started and uh, where it ended. But being open and, yeah. and, and, you know, allowing the consciousness to be in a state of readiness and not necessarily um, reflecting on the past can help mm -hmm. and prepare you. And I think a good way to practice it is with people, the people around us, because, mm. you know, whether we like it or not, every single person gives out energy. We give out an electromagnetic field, you know, like scientifically. And I'm sure you've had this, <laughs> at, um, you know, with different people you've worked with, you know, like you get this feeling of, Oh, like this is going to be a really great working relationship. Yeah. Or this is probably going to be like pushing a boulder up a mountain, <laughs> like from the first email, yeah. I can feel it. Yeah. Um, and Those I think I've also yeah, learned from. Flags. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes those red flags <laughs> <laughs> um speaking not, not just sorry not just with people that you work with but it's just in general yeah you in know. general people you come in contact with um 
And it can be yeah. a conversation as well um, that you could spot those red flags. But something you said, you said you come alive when creating and, and you, you feel privileged when, uh, when you witness other and coming alive in that creativity. Um, is, yeah. is, uh, is art a lifetime passion or career choice for you? Um, and, but also, um, but what I just said, what helped you with that realization um, of you know, being, being like a supporter of others when you see them thriving? Right. Especially so, yeah. Um, I actually didn't grow up creative or thinking I was creative. Um, I used to think because my older brother he's really good at sketching, especially faces. Like he just growing up, I remember he'd just do it, and I thought, oh, I can't. I try it. Um, you know, trying everything your older brother does and. I thought, oh, I can't do that. I mustn't be creative. And I guess as well in art at school, it's quite structured. And yeah, so I just, and I remember asking a friend actually, um, do you think I'm creative? And it was just like <laughs> a very passing comment because someone was saying um, what his job was like an architect. And he was like, yeah, like you have to have some level. Obviously you have to be creative to be an architect. Um, and then I just said to a friend, do you think I'm creative? And she w didn't mean it with any malice at all, but she just like thought about it for a second and said, no, wow. because our thinking back, because our thinking back then was literally being creative is being able to draw right. a body or a face it's or something. That was just so limited. Yeah, it was so limited. Um, and so I literally just thought, I'm not creative. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I may not have been able to draw that, but I, I used to set up like in our house when people came over, I had like, I would label everything with price tags and I'd be like, welcome to my store. Like, um, and my uncle says that like, I used to be like, yeah, like I'm going to own like, um, CJ, like that's my initials. And that's what my family called me. Like, I'm going to own like CJ um, bank one day, CJ supermarket. Like, <laughs> and, you know, and then I actually like, we, me and my sisters like made like a mini cafe. And when people would come over, we'd like make them stuff and then charge people at the end. And my parents were like, Oh my gosh, girls, you can't charge people. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> and I was like, why not? <laughs> I was like, we made this for them and they ordered it. I don't see no wrong. Yeah, but no, anyway, so I grew up thinking, yeah, I honestly, until about, you know, five, six years ago when I started playing around with the wow. paint by numbers brush and Ikea watercolors, you know, just like the basics, um, that literally broke open this thing mm -hmm. in me. And I'm actually really glad I didn't grow up painting because it's not I wouldn't say I consider it part of my identity like it's yeah it's honestly been a blessing in disguise having it come out later in my life because um it's something that doesn't have a lot of structure and I grew up you know playing classical piano it's all about hitting that right note it has to be right it has to be this way you know um so you know growing up 
and music being very structured that was you know it it proves a challenge to me even now because we know when I'm improvising I'm like oh that's not I'm like no just (laughs) just go with it sort of thing it's like the metronome forever ingrained in my head but um yeah in terms of painting that's why I love like I hear people at workshops that I teach saying, oh my goodness, I didn't know I could do this. Or they'll say, I don't have a creative burn in my body. And I'm like, no, that's a lie. Like (laughs) we are all, we are, are. you know, yeah, we absolutely all of us. And I know that sounds so cliche and um, so hallmark, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to look the same as everyone else. And I think that's what I've learned, you know, like, yeah you don't have to be like the rest of them Um, I feel like your creative expression is is similar to your individual look if you're going around and saying yourself that you don't look like you know everybody else that's a horrible way to live Um, it's the same creative expression Um, but with you know with school I can relate to that because when I was in art school I remember um, just um, in terms of the tactical stuff um, that was okay, but in terms of the historical and, and how things are supposed to be done, um, or if they aren't done this way, then it's wrong. That I didn't re- relate to because for me, I understood art as different. And, you know, yeah. being a person, as, you know, a person uh, directly from Africa, actually. Um, so, like, being in the U.S. was, mm-hmm. was kind of different with, with art history because the art history in I don't know overseas but just in in universities are mostly like European based and so not right. you know not like you know the likes of Michelangelo and and all, all them dudes are not dope they're dope but in terms of people people gravitate towards certain things because if you're if you look like a certain person you're from a certain region or your taste is different just like your food taste is different yeah. your clothing is different so the art yeah, that's so true um so and yeah. that was that was kind of a thing where i was like uh you know like do i really want to be michelangelo and paint on ceilings and you know <laughs> <laughs> and have people you know yeah. copy, copy copy my work through our eternity creation of atoms mm-hmm. i'm talking about with the hand <laughs> <laughs> um but, but that's yeah. the thing hey we're all it's everyone active. is looking to relate Exactly. Yeah, we're all we're all looking for common ground and I think with art you know I've heard it so many times it's like people buy stories they don't buy a product they buy your story exactly. and they buy something that resonates with them um I had this person message me once saying your art is healing me like I've wow. never Wow. heard from them since I don't remember their name or anything I mean I could probably find it but I was like that's because my art's healing me too mm-hmm. and you know if I was just you know recreating a Michelangelo piece that would not have happened but because you know art is your heart and soul on a canvas and it says things that words can't right people can you know people feel that deeply um when they can when they can sense that you know you're you're processing um as you paint or as you create and 
and it shows. Yeah, exactly. Because with art, you're, yeah. you're already, um, for me, in my process, I'm more involved and more connected when it's happening. Like, um, the reaction that people have when they see my work is the reaction I have when I'm creating. That's, that's how I'm mm -hmm. kind of immersed. Yeah. Once it's done, yeah, well. once it's done, <laughs> like, oh, it's done, and then I share it with the public. And then people have to react. Yeah. But for me, I get the same thing that, um, you know, whether it's, you know, working through a problem or, or healing. Um, I, get, I get the sense that the reason why people gravitate towards the final product is because a lot of the work has been done already. Like, like for example, you're the healer. So the formula yeah. and the quote unquote spells um, that needs, you know, to happen for the healing to happen, you already gone through that. So yeah, in your yeah. Art, I just, you know, it's kind of like a, like, a, I don't like to use like chemical medication, but for the sake of this, it'll make sense. Like, for example, if you were a creator of Advil or something, you already got this in scientific, you know, chemistry and all of that together. Me, on the other hand, I have a headache. So I'm like, mm, wow. yeah. put out these new brands and I'm finna, you know, take <laughs> one and now my, my headache is gone. So I'm like, hey, yeah, thank yeah. you, because now you've helped me out. So I kind of look at it the same yeah. way, except the people yeah. on our brand, um, depending on their perspective and, you know, and pers uh, experiences might connect to certain stories that you yeah. might have in, you know, in parallel or in connection with them. And that yeah. tends to, you know, expand the art piece a lot more and invite, you know, um, opportunity for deeper conversation. Um, but I think I tend to look at art that way. But for me, I'm I'm really I'm really just 100 percent immersed in the process of creating and, and just being in my head yeah. and, and like you were saying and hitting a roadblock and then trying to figure out that puzzle and working around it. Um, all of that is all like excitement. But when it's done, you know, like because when it's done, it's a flat image. And when you're sketching, you're building on something that has multiple layers. Yeah. Um, so that's that's oh, the okay. important part, you know yeah um, that's all my paintings like they have all this texture because there's literally layers underneath and i paint over them i, I love seeing the close-up shots because they're just, thank you they're because, so awesome. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say yeah two things um it's it's funny i don't know if you've gotten this feeling before but once you finish the painting right i feel like that's my accomplishment but then, you know, the other side of it is is putting it out there and, and selling it. But I often forget about selling it because to <laughs> me it's like it's complete, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and then um I hung I hung some um art in a cafe in a local cafe this year and I had done the art most of the pieces like about six months before. And I just remember hanging it and thinking, I can't, I can't even fully connect with these pieces anymore because that, that Chloe right. was just going such deep healing, but now I'm on the other side of it and, and so healed that it's like, I, I don't have this mm. emotional connection, but at first when I put them out, um, I felt so vulnerable and, you know, so right. laid bare, but Exactly. Six months later, it's like, oh, it, it feels I, like you're you're like almost revealing a part of you, um, 
that yeah. you know, yeah. people might not, even people who are close to you don't even know. And so it's like, okay, um, yeah. how, how are people going to respond to this? Um, and when yeah. I, when I post my secret to posting, just like when I, when I'm active, I tend to be active. And I recently over the last year got with the caption and, um, and like I, my captions, I try, I try to go in and, and explain what people are looking at. Um, but, um, usually I post and I go about my day and it's like five, six hours later. I'm like, Oh, what's happening? <laughs> um, so that tends to like, you take, you know, scale back some of the, you know, vulnerability and, and also like anxiety or whatever, but I don't necessarily get those no more. Um, but in terms of being vulnerable, I do still get that when I put out something. And also, I, yeah. I, I share with you. get you. the vulnerability. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. the vulnerability hyper. Yeah, I shared with you um, some some of my uh, newer newer work that you know I haven't started posting yet. And you kind of you said something that I thought was kind of interesting. That you the reaction you said um, was you got you got from it like the desire for truth. Um, and you know, and again, that was it's kind of where you know the exploration of um, where I'm going. At the core of what I'm doing is, you know, like just societal truths and you know everything else, universal truths, um, and but also a lot of unlearning, um, I would say, has happened. Um, oh yeah. In the last year and a half, um, I've probably unlearned a lot than I've learned, um, and it probably wow. makes a lot of sense to people. But um, it's more about no. you know, emptying em emptying the system. Uh, to refill it yeah. with something else, something completely different. Um, it's what you said about being childlike as artists, you know, and it is a lot of our adult life is unlearning to become, you know, yeah. um, childlike again, you know, not become a child, but have that awe and wonder that you have as a kid where you're uninhibited and you, you know, you go and you skip down the street. Exactly. And you, and you don't <laughs> care. It was yeah. actually funny once me and my friend, um, she's six foot three and she actually moved to America. Love you, Liv. Um, last <laughs> year. But once we were walking down her street and it was like a busy street and I was like, let's skip. And so we both just started skipping. It must have looked hilarious, this, you know, six foot three and five foot, I don't know, two, me, girls, just like skipping down a street. And this guy rode past on his bike. And he like did a double take and he was like skipping. Like he actually said it loud. He was like skipping. And we just, we, we had the best time. Because <laughs> yeah. people's lives are boring. You've got to spice it up. You oh know, yeah, always. always. <laughs> <laughs> um, even, even like, even if you're with anyone, like say like for an hour, two hours, if you like a little activity that's just out of the ordinary, that tends to just, you know, body-wise, mood-wise, just raises the mood. And, and, you know, if the weather's nice, then, you know, it's a really beautiful day if you ask Skip into it. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't not yeah. smile while exactly. Skip. And that, exactly. Exactly. That unlearning. is true. That is true. <laughs> it's unlearning the seriousness of, shh, be quiet, you know, like yeah. that we've yeah. been taught and, you know. Awesome. It's like, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of have uh, some rapid fire questions, um, but before Ooh, I get into it. that, um, any uh, upcoming event or or things you want to talk about? I know you have 
mention an upcoming mural work that you was pretty excited about? Yeah, so I think I've wanted to do more murals for a long time, but it's just sort of laid dormant, you know, just with other work and, as you said, you know, the process. Um, uh, but I've started one um, at the school I work at and, yeah, so the theme is, I, I called it the Wonder Wall because it says, like, I wonder what we will discover today and it's got an astronaut um, sitting on a, a planet um, sort of thinking. Um, so, yeah, it's like a space sort of themed. To be honest, I think I've really doubted myself with it because I'm like, oh, it looks so kitty. And I'm like, it's out of school. It's supposed to look kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have nailed the brief here. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, I think I that's one thing I crave and I got a friend to build this prop wall in my garage just so I could, you know, splash around paint, awesome. you know, without inhibition. Any, is that the word? Inhibitions? Um, um, yeah. And just be childlike with it. Yeah. So yeah. Big surfaces, messing them up. That's, um, that's one thing I like messing up. I don't like mess otherwise, but <laughs> yeah, the only thing I would say is, you know, just pick up some, uh, some paint call. That's it. And you could go as crazy. Yeah. yeah. I want to do that thing where, have you seen how in like that movie, the princess diaries, they fill paint like water balloons with paint and then they throw arrows at it. I, I've, I haven't oh, seen okay. it in that movie, but I've seen that before. Yeah. I've yeah. actually I've seen a mirror that was painted that way. And the text, oh, sure. I'm going to give up. Oh. I don't remember the artist, so I'll, I'll give up. Maybe I'll... Um, so the way that it was painted yeah. was the text was, um, I guess the text was drawn on the wall and then it was taped, whatever letters. And then it was oh. a community thing where like people in the community or whoever was there grabbed the balloon, threw it on the wall. So it was like all these different colors. And then at the end, the tape was revealed. And so the, the text oh. was white and then the background was colorful. Was pretty, pretty beautiful. That is incredible. Okay, I need to, I need to find that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. A while ago. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought the same as well. Um, but you also yeah. mentioned um, a new collection dropping before. Christmas. Yes, I'm, I'm curious. Yes, the collection. Um, so I do this a lot. I'll, I'll say I'm doing a collection, and then I have to come up with one. So. <laughs> Um, I think because I love pressure. <laughs> I love, I thrive under pressure. And so um, I have concepts and I have some pieces which I think are half done. But um, yeah, I think I've, I've found it a challenge to marry abstract art with lettering. And that's what I really want to do with this um, because I think, um, I've let a lot of the abstract art in the past sort of just be a bit more, let the colours speak for itself, but I really want to um, play around with more, um, not just like calligraphy style lettering, but just a bit more free um, on those pieces. And yeah, it'll, it'll hit soon. Um, I'll let you guys know when it comes out. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Looking forward to it. Uh, Thank yeah, you. Um, 
it's like I, I'm sure it'll be it'll be I feel like you're more of a event um event oriented uh creative like uh like you like I see a lot of your like events you do and it's all like put together it's funny you saw you was giving them in a rundown from when you were a kid and that makes sense on how like it kind of comes together um in, you know with the you know charging people where were you were you serving like imaginary tea or was this like real food no it was legit oh it yeah it makes sense you're you charging them oh yeah obviously it was the best <laughs> it was the best mala you've ever had oh yeah as long I'm as it wasn't no imaginary air you was charging like <laughs> no. no hey i will serve you the best mala and instant noodles you've ever had i promise oh interesting. <laughs> oh oh wow I hope that happens. Um, I actually have family in Australia, and I've always like tried to get them to have me come oh. over. <laughs> yeah, whereabouts in Australia? Uh, I'm not at the moment. I don't. I don't know. But I had a friend who's uh, where you were at. I had a friend in Australia for I think a year or two years who lives in who lives okay. in uh, Queensland. You said. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah, Brisbane. Um, yeah. For, for like about a year, but I, my family, I don't know particularly where they are. They're like extended family, um, which okay. is why it's taking so long for them to have to come out there. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not going to listen to that, so. <laughs> Anybody out there? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, are you most productive in the morning or at night? Oh, okay. Creatively, mornings, I'm learning first thing. Wow. After I, you know, go for, after I do my morning routine, have some quiet time, then paint. But admin-wise, um, definitely, I don't know, when it's dark outside, I'm like admin queen. Like, I just wow. smash it out. <laughs> Interesting. Are you a are you a, are you a creative or a system thinker? A creative or a system thinker? Yeah, meaning like a system thinker, meaning you you break down the process of you know like a project X Y and Z needs to happen, and you break down. Okay. Yeah. And you get into it. I think I'm. Oh, you just jump. I'm a bit of a. Figure it out. Yeah. Okay. I'm a bit of an oxymoron. I'd like to <laughs> say a spontaneous perfectionist because I have my lists and I know what I need to do, but I will drop something to go and, you know, watch a butterfly. Um, <laughs> that, that's more important. So I think it's like I need structure. It's I need structure so I can be free, if right. that makes sense. Like yeah. I need, I need that foundation so I can go around go out and be crazy so but i'd say i don't know maybe it's half and half i don't know i really can't <laughs> yeah I, I would relate to half and half as well um i do like um like like you said admin um approach when it's when it's client work um but when it's my mm. stuff I, I like to dive in um and just yeah. you know, i look at it as like a puzzle that i have to figure out you know um, yeah only when That's i have a good like like a like a concept and then I sketch it out and, and then I and yeah. well, oh you know actually could go about it this way but majority of the work like whether if I have a quote or something I already know the quote by how it's gonna look I approach it as a puzzle yeah and, and just figure it out as I go um, 
um, but that came, that came people from, think that came from I had an art teacher who when I was in high school forced me well not forced wrong word but suggested that um, that I start drawing with pen and not pencil and that was weird because I was like I, I tend to look at myself as a horrible artist in terms of drawing um, so I was like oh, I, I can't erase I can't you know like what am I going to do? Summer's mistakes. But that forced me just drawing with pens. What it did for me over the years and our time in that class is it allowed me to tap into this next stage that I didn't even think was possible. was just, you know, conceiving a con an idea or a concept and without any, you know, sketch or, you know, conception of how mm -hmm. to go about it. Just to dive into it and let the creativity, um, you know, be like the the steering wheel in that vehicle um and that was very yeah. that was very like um it was, it was very uh, uh over time has been very fruitful um because I, I don't even like approach client work but i've done research and understood what the client needs and and then you know just be chilling and at the very last minute which is go at it and put out the best work um but it would be like, it would be crazy because I'll, I'll sit there and i'm like if I had approached this like two hours or three hours earlier, I would have not come up with this concept. Um, you know, mm -hmm. only, you know, the timing of it worked because of, you know, just how the work that I put in worked. So like, I've always kind of paid attention to that. And, but in terms of drawing with pens, that, that was something that really helped me out a lot because it, it got me out of my head because I was thinking mostly mistakes. I was thinking about mistakes. And then, I was wow. like, and then once I got into the drawing, I was like, oh, it's not so bad. And then the mistakes started to happen. I was like, oh, this is my fear exactly. And then I realized well, you could just draw over these mistakes and draw something new. And, and so that was what happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, obviously a lot of my process videos on Instagram, a lot of them starts with me doing something in a different style and then I'll just get rid of it and do something else. Um, because it's like a roadblock again. It's a, I look at it like as a puzzle. You try these different shapes. Um, if one mm -hmm. fit or doesn't fit, then if, if you try a shape that doesn't fit, then you realize if you're putting the puzzle together and it has a, a thousand pieces, you aren't just fixated on the one piece that doesn't fit in that specific space. You know, you, so that's, that's, how so I, that, that's how I approach it. And it, it tends to be yeah. really free and in, in moments that are really needed, you know? Um, yeah. That, that helped me a lot. Yeah. My friend always, my friend said to me, um, he said, there's no, um, you know, there's no bad ideas. You mm. get them all out and then you come back later and you edit them. And that was very freeing. Yeah. Just get it out. Because that's the most yeah. important step is to get it out. Because that's the only way you actually could, you know, look at and compare them is to, you know, yeah. get that. Um, what is yeah. a lesson what is a lesson you feel you learned too late in life? Oh, great question. Uh, probably, yeah, to trust my gut. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I just trampled my little heart over and over, um, not realizing that I have a voice and I have, you know, a gut feeling for a reason. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I would say, yeah, it's not, not trusting, um, the, yeah. Right. My gut. Listen, listen to to your emotion and trust your intuition. Um, say you're going on a, a thousand year, uh, voyage after, at the end of this, right? Um, what is one message you would like to leave behind before you take off? Wow. Uh, you're gone for a thousand years. And this is the message I'm leaving. Yeah. To, to everyone. It could be, you know, someone personal or everyone in general or a general statement, but a message you, you're leaving behind. Yeah, I think it would be that just to remind people and, you know, my loved ones that you are enough and it's never too late to start again. Like, and there's, I think, you know, then there's always a second chance. Um, You know, there's always perfect love that can wash you clean it's never too late and you're never too far gone. Just run back to love always. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, one, one more question and I'm going to get into a little bit more about um, your business and, and what you do to wrap up. Um, mm-hmm. Is art something that you've always wanted to do as a kid? Was that like a, you know, like what did you want to be when you were a kid? Well, (laughs) so I wanted to be a hairdresser and that ended when I was maybe four and I cut my three-year-old twin sister's hair and we literally, (laughs) I cut all our hair and that day um, we were going for like a paid family photo and mum was like, had to really... um, think on her feet and thankfully her <laughs> our auntie had just given us these thick headbands so we're all wearing these headbands. Oh wow. <laughs> so yeah that that ended my dream. Um <laughs> and then I wanted to be a postie which is like over in Australia. It's so weird but like they deliver the mail but on a motorbike. <laughs> and I just I would sit at the That's window cool. and be like the postie's here <laughs> <laughs> um but I always wanted to and then I always wanted to like work with kids um in well-being but I didn't know that that like I always just wanted to sort of work and work with kids in a school but not be a teacher but just sort of look out for them and that's exactly what I do now like wow yeah I'm so thankful for the job I get to have where um, you know, like being a teacher is so hard and my hat's off to all teachers because it's just nonstop. But I get to um, really come alongside the kids aside from um, the learning and education part of it and just, yeah, and just be um, be a friend to them, I guess. Cool. So that's always <laughs> what I wanted to do and never realised that I could do that but in terms of creating art like that's something I'm always blown away by I'm like I never thought I would be 
you know, creating art as part of my living. Like I remember growing up and so many other friends were way more artistic in different ways. And, you know, I was like, that's not me. And here we are. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah it's, it's never. What was that last part? Yeah, like never say never. God will take you anywhere yeah, if you absolutely. just if you're open. Yeah, absolutely. And and it starts with, you know, belief in self that, you know, um I heard that, you know, uh whatever it is that you seek in in this lifetime, it's also seeking you. And if you have a, a passion oh. or, or something that is in your heart, it's put there for a reason. Um because like everything in life is an opposite to a situation, to an object or everything. And so if you have a desire or passion that's, you know, burning in your heart, it's because there's something out there that's calling you. Um, and, you know, through life with how, you know, come up with family and experience and schooling and, and a bunch of um, outside, you know, perspectives that could pull you away from self. Um, but, you know, some people through the, through the you know, navigating the, the storm and all of that, tend to kind of circle back to the original original self or, or circle back to that true life purpose. Um, and for me, I say that because I have a similar story as a kid. I was, I was into arts, but wasn't necessarily trying to be an artist. As a kid, I wanted to be a, an architect, uh, not an architecture, but uh, what's it called? Um, uh, I'm blanking on, I was trying to be in, uh, archaeologist or okay. um, which is just a fancy for for a, for a farmer um but um you mean, oh you mean agriculture yeah agriculture um but uh agriculturalist i'm sorry um so like um, <laughs> yeah too many dreams i guess <laughs> um but um that but that was the main thing as a kid was just like understanding um just um, just like how I could be of service in global in like a global scale so that for me that was that was that was the main thing because um, yeah. um, you know food food is something that you know regardless of where you are is, is, is a business is a necessity to life um, but that was something I was thinking about and and with art the only reason I think you said something similar to someone you used to draw when you were a kid uh, but with me, the reason why I got into art, my cousin used to visit, and he was really good. Um, he was one of those um, artists that could draw, you know, like for like. And honestly, the reason I started drawing was as a kid, I was always used to, you know, being, being in the spotlight and being all crazy. And my cousin, when he came over, he, he would just offered something different. And everyone would, would gravitate towards him. Wow. But most importantly, other girls liked him. So I was like, I gotta get my drawing skills up, um, for sure. Um, <laughs> so I, I feel kid. like that's why most guys learn guitar. Okay, not most, but a lot of guys, guitar. you know, they learn guitar. So you went to art, but it's like a lot of guys learn guitar. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it was. It was like with the art. It was just. It was only just to compete with him when he was there. Like when he wasn't there. I would work on my art skills to show him when he came, just to be like, yo, dude, I've been working. Aww. And that, that was it. Wow. But, um, so that, he really shaped you? Yeah, in the early stages, um, he, was, he was really good. And, um, and then that was what really got me thinking about art. And now people, 
like family members, um, when we catch up, they tell me, hey, when you were a kid, you did X, Y, and Z for me. And I'm like, I have no idea, but I appreciate that story. And, and you know, it's, it's all yeah. like, you know, it all puts you back to, you know, the thing you're supposed to be doing. But art mm -hmm. really didn't click for me until I was in high school. And I told you my mom applied to an art high school for me. Um, but when I went there, it was like a week before orientation, actually a week before school could open. And when I, I was, I had, I had gotten accepted because I was on the wait list and the kid got transferred because his family moved to Jamaica. And I was at the quote unquote at the bottom of the wait list. But since I, since the application was late, it was at the top of the pile. And so I got the call. And when I walked in, just walking through the doors, I remember got out the elevator and just looking around. I, I knew right away that was what I wanted to do. And, you know, and since then I've been locked in just for me, it's kind of, it's an amazing story. You know, that moment of realization um, when, you know, when everything is kind of clear where you're like, oh, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. You feel, you feel different. You feel really different about it. Mm-hmm. It really, you can't explain it, hey, but it's like that, I don't know, that lucid moment <laughs> where yeah. you're like, I actually, this is what I'm meant to do. And I, I remember that's how I realized with painting, like I would literally be painting thinking, I love this, I love this, <laughs> I love this. And I had never, or maybe like with um, athletics growing up, I liked it. I really, like that was probably the closest thing, but yeah, it was like, I've never felt like I love this. I love this. I love this. Like, yeah. you know, about something. <laughs> it's the best realization where you're like, Oh, I like am coming alive. Yeah, exactly. I feel like in those moments is when you really feel kind of the weight of, of growth. Just as people, you don't feel yourself growing even like, even as physically, you, you know, you don't, you don't see yourself growing until you pull up on the grandparents. Yeah. Oh my God, you're so tall. <laughs> you you got to get down you. and it's like, oh, I'm like, I just saw you last week. <laughs> no, but it's true. I'm, it I'm like grandparent because I see that I don't see the kids after two weeks, you know, when yeah. we go on term break and they come back and I'm like, you're almost as tall as me. Like, it's not that hard, but. Yeah. They've grown. They've shot up <laughs> over two weeks. <laughs> Actually, my mom is like 5'2", so like, I always, oh, yeah. I, I always know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm 6'1", so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. But um, what, what is your business name on all social platforms? Um, so it's by B-Y. Chloe, C H L O E, Joy, J O Y. Um, yeah, so by Chloe Joy. It, um, <laughs> a lot of people misspell my name, Chloe, uh, as Seahole. Or... It's not Seahole, <laughs> it's Chloe. It's C H L O E. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, what what's, what uh, services do you provide, your business provide? Um, so I offer art and calligraphy. So I do a lot of calligraphy for events. So weddings, um, in store activations. So, um, like on the weekend I was engraving like makeup brushes oh, I saw for customers. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you. Um, 
And then I off also offer like commission art pieces. So um, think a lot of pastels. And then I like to often add a little bit of writing into it um, with a message. So, so yeah, art and calligraphy, I guess, covers all the bases. Awesome. Where, uh, where can uh, listeners go and uh, find you? Um, so on Instagram and on my website, bychloejoy.com. I'm actually, I've been really feeling to uh, start writing blogs more, not because of necessarily people reading it, but just to get that flow as we were talking about the consistency. Right. So there's probably going to be a lot more posts over there. So if you want to delve deep into um, all things uh, human connection and divinity, then then jump on in. <laughs> awesome. That's that's uh, by ChloeJoy.com, right? Yes, that's awesome. right. Yeah. I'm also thinking about again more into blogging, uh, hopefully sometime next year. So we'll see. Um, yeah. Just even if it's again, even if you just do it for ten seconds, chances are you'll end up doing it for at yeah, least. Yeah, a I minute. feel like. Um, do you, you do you know the SpongeBob essay? SpongeBob. Yeah, the essay, SpongeBob essay that he wrote in school. Oh my goodness, no! But I actually like <laughs> I secretly love. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I was gonna make a joke with uh, my ten second, uh, ten seconds blog and was gonna be similar to the SpongeBob essay. But um, if you haven't seen the essay, it's basically there. There is an episode where he's in class with Mrs. Puff, and the whole class is writing an essay. And um, the entire episode is basically about it. And towards the end, he's just, you know, the showing close up, he's like sweating, writing. And, uh, <laughs> and towards the end, he shows his paper, and it just has the word the on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the T is a drop cap. So I was like, that is dope. That is dope. <laughs> <laughs> Can you can you do the SpongeBob laugh? <laughs> no, I wish I could. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of I feel like a lot of life lessons is in SpongeBob. Yes. Yeah, actually, um, fun fact. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not. SpongeBob is actually an adult TV show that was pitched to I believe either ABC or NBC and was turned down and then was repurposed as a cartoon on Nickelodeon. I can def I can see that. Which is why I don't yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Squidward, a lot of people I think can relate to him and his, you know, just done with life. Yeah, it's, it's all, all adults, really. They're not kids <laughs> in SpongeBob. It's all adults. <laughs> Even SpongeBob is just an adult who's just a grown child. <laughs> I, oh my gosh i'll never forget that episode. Oh, all, i wish i wish i, I knew that and I, we would have talked a lot about spongebob <laughs> <laughs> uh, just where that episode where they make a mess on stage and it's like squidward's talent show and then oh, spongebob yeah. like the curtain opens and he's mopping <laughs> And then they're like throwing tomatoes at Squidward, and then Krabby Patty's trying to make money from it, and they're like, "It's worth every cent." <laughs> um, uh, anyway, 
You're actually the second twin I, I had on the show, um, which I didn't know you were a twin. Um, which is oh, no, I'm not a twin. Oh, you're Sorry. not a twin. Oh, okay, cool. My sisters, my sisters are twins, but we actually all are sisters. There's four sisters and we look pretty alike. So people think we're triplets or quadruplets sometimes. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, or maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, I mean, I don't mind. <laughs> Uh, one, one last question. Um, do you, well, actually it could be two, um, but let's, let's, right, let's go. One. do you fold your pizza <laughs> when you eat it? Oh, I do if it's super sloppy. I do because, um, being smaller, my mouth is smaller. <laughs> it's just it's just gonna fall apart. Real, real life problems. Real life problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I try, I try not to. I try to enjoy that crust and that base for all it's worth. <laughs> um. So one, one, one last one. I'll throw in the second one. Um, uh huh. You you eat cereal, right? Yeah. Yep. Cool, cool. Not in a while, but I do eat it. All right. Nice. Um. Do you? I know what this is gonna be. <laughs> uh, do you pour your milk after or before you add the cereal? I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> I add the cereal. <laughs> not a psychopath. <laughs> I add the cereal before I add the milk. Uh, Hello. <laughs> uh, good to know. Also. It's just so satisfying as well, seeing like the cereal slowly start to float and rise. Uh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's awful. I feel like that's the only way you know how much milk to add, you know? Exactly. I, I don't know how other people do it, but good to know there's something yeah. about your life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to try more American cereals. That would be amazing. Mm. What, what are you, some you of guys the, the, the cereal brands? out there um like i guess well, some of your the, favorites i guess the two that come to mind are cocoa pop cocoa pops and then fruit loops fruit loops are these round uh circle things pops? like p-o-p cocoa pop oh, yeah pops it's called yeah. pops over here with p-u-f-f so these are different because they almost look like pieces of they're like very small like almost rice uh, sizes uh, gotcha, grains gotcha. of rice sizes and so when you bite them it like sort of they put they sort of pop in your mouth mm. yeah, so that's like, why they like call rice, them rice, uh, rice crispy treats probably yeah yeah but cocoa Got it. flavored and well maybe those ones are too but you, you yeah said i mean it's they're there. all just sugar. There. so i'm familiar with that one Okay. Yeah. But I'll have to um try some American cereals and let you know. <laughs> yeah, even with the American cereals now, I uh because I'm an adult now, so I don't really indulge in more of the sugar. Um so I just kick back with a granola and some almond. Um is my go to now. An omelet? No, almond. Almond. Like oh, almond. almond. 
Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, it's, again, it's like a, I have seasons when it comes to eating. Like, like even like last week, I had to eat right because of this intense week that we chatted about earlier. Um, just so body-wise, I'm, I'm up to it. Um, but when I, you know, when I'm not working, then, you know, I, I tend to um, not, you know, eat a little healthier or whatever. But um, I don't yeah. know if, if cereal is healthy or not healthy, in, in all honesty. But it gets the job done. That's uh, all that matters. <laughs> it's quick and it's easy. That's And that's what we need sometimes. <laughs> also, fun fact is, um, I'm sure you, you've heard a quote, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Um, that didn't mm -hmm. exist. That didn't exist before cereal. That was actually a marketing um, line that came with the introduction of cereal to sell cereal. Um, but um, yeah, if you didn't know, now you know. Wow! Yeah. Look at these dictators giving us sugar. <laughs> Most important meal of the day. It was trying to get the kids, and and I mean it worked because now everyone says it. Even wow. the doctor says it. The reason I know this is because uh, a physical uh, therapist who's a buddy of mine, he's now in Florida, um, was getting his uh, certification in Philly and he had a right, he wrote his paper um, on the importance of breakfast. Uh, it was a research paper. And the, the result from the paper was that actually eating cereal, not, not cereal, eating breakfast or not having breakfast, you can still have the exact same productivity in the day. It has nothing to do with the other. Um, which, which, which was wild. I was like, dude, because he set out, it's funny because his paper set out to prove that breakfast is, because you know, he's a PT major, um, to set, to prove that breakfast is an important meal. And at the end of his 25 page paper, um, oh my gosh, it, you know, it was neither. <laughs> so it, it was, it was, it was nice. <laughs> I really think it's each to their own. I really think with food, you've got to figure out what your yeah. body, yeah, personal. what works best. Exactly. Yeah. It's a personal thing for sure. Um, yeah. But again, you know, I appreciate you and your time and I appreciate your art. I appreciate um, the difference um, creative, in creativity that you bring. I appreciate your openness as well, um, that you, you're someone that's really kind of open in like as far as the, the posting in your stories, like, you know, outside of creativity so i appreciate that as well i think as artists we need to strive to be more well-rounded in our areas of our lives um so i appreciate you for your time and, and all that you put into the world and uh thank you for spending i guess two hours of my morning and two <laughs> hours of your night <laughs> uh, oh yeah. thank you so much no it's honestly been an honor and yeah as you said, like, it's been such an ease. Like, I just feel like I know you and I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> uh, yep, dumb naked and broke. Till next time. <laughs>